Are you wondering if you need office space? When I decided to take the leap to rent office space, my whole business changed. Today, we're going to chat about the advantages of having office space, as well as my tips for finding the perfect space for you. Hi, I'm Tisa Kareen, a licensed midwife in Southern California. Midwife to Midwife is a peer-to-peer support community. And in season number two, we're going to talk about all aspects of your business. We're going to talk about protocols, business development, marketing, social media, and gear. We're going to talk all kinds of gear in this season. I can't wait to see you there. Let's dive in. Hey, welcome back, midwives. Welcome to Midwife to Midwife. I'm Tisa Kareen, and today we're going to talk about office spaces. I have had my fair share, I should say, of office space over the last eight years, probably um, maybe eight, <laughs> actually. Uh, that That's probably true. I'll have to count that up sometime soon. But um, today I wanted to share just um, some ideas about renting an office space. I see this question in the midwife forums a lot. I'm going to talk about why you might want to think about having an office space if you don't already have one, um, where you can find a good space, some a little bit about my journey through office spaces, and then my tips for finding an awesome spot for you. So let's start with why you might want to consider an office space, or maybe you already have been considering an office space. Um, I will say over the years, um, probably my number one reason for having an office space was to really save myself a lot of time in driving. And because I definitely serve a very um, wide radius when it comes to my geographical location, and even someone who's you know, not driving as far as I am, the time that it takes to get in your car, pack everything up, move to another location, it really does affect the amount of time that you have to do what you need to do. And it was perfectly fine when I was um, maybe only having two clients a month, but when it started to grow and I had a lot more clients, even having a designated day for seeing everybody man, that was an exhausting day for me. Um, Even recently, there's a rural community that I serve and the drive up there is 80 miles. And then I spend probably an hour with each of the clients and then it's a good 15 minutes in between each of their homes. So just packing everything up, putting it all away, getting in the car, going to the next visit, and then trying to find time for myself in between those to go to the bathroom and take care of myself and maybe hydrate and just all these little things. So I have really appreciated having my own space where my, my things are all in one spot. I don't have to pack them in and out all day long. It saves me a lot of time where I can see on average about 10 people a day. And um, that's really good for me because I do travel to all my offices. I travel well, one of them is about 15 minutes away, my local one, but the birth center and my rural office are both at least an hour away. So it's, I've got to make the best of my time driving out there, right? Um, another reason you might think to have an office is for me, 
for sure, when I first started that first year I was a midwife, it really helped legitimize my business. And I really do believe this as a business owner that having a physical space does legitimize it. And it's not so much the women, it's the men. When the men see that you have an office, the dads, the partners, the husbands, they see legitimacy in your business when they can show up to an office space. And that, you know, you can take that for what it's worth. I'm just telling you my experience. Um, You know, some people are not comfortable with midwives coming into their home. Make You know, sometimes the whole midwifery concept to them is very new. And still, when that relationship's still new, like the, the consult, the intake visit, maybe the first two three prenatal visits, it's still like, we're not quite there yet. We're not besties yet with these people. And, you know, there's a little bit of uneasiness having somebody come into your personal space. I noticed that a lot, you know, where um, I would come to a home and, you know, just like, you could tell that somebody was super anxious about, gosh, it's not clean enough. I'm so sorry. Sorry for that mess. Oh, here, let me pick that up. You know, I, it it was just like, okay, even though we definitely us midwives are kind of like, you know, don't worry about it. We totally understand we're moms too. We, we know exactly how things go. It's still, I mean, think about it. When somebody comes over to your house, you want everything to be neat and tidy. So it does, um, create a little bit of anxiety, sometimes having someone in your personal space, And then especially when you're not feeling well, I mean, I look back on my last experience, um, me having my sixth baby and where I had home visits with my midwife, which I particularly loved. I loved having my midwife come to my home, but I knew, but I was like a little bit in a frenzy, maybe that hour before she showed up, making sure I vacuumed the floors and picked up all the toys and the dishes were not sitting all over the place. And everything was a little tidy because that that's my personality. But, you know, in the first part of your pregnancy, the first, a lot of us have morning sickness. We're not feeling great. We don't want to do all this extra stuff. So it does put a little bit of extra pressure on us moms to tidy up before somebody comes to our home. Um, And then another huge benefit is having all your stuff in one spot. So I remember back when I was doing home visits and I, you know, I typically still do home visits, but man, it is super annoying when you show up somewhere and you don't have something you need and you didn't think that you were going to need it. Um, For instance, like a certain lab slip or lab supplies, um, having the ability to be able to fax a requisition, like if I need to order an ultrasound, if I need to request somebody's records, I can take care of it all right then and there. I felt like back before I had any kind of office space or when I do home visits, it re- I spend a whole day catching up from my home visits. I'll go out for the whole day, do these back-to-back home visits, one house after another, and then I have to spend the day after catching up on all the paperwork that I could not complete in the person's home. Like I said, like requesting records, receiving records, printing stuff. If I need to fill out paperwork, it it just creates a whole level of extra work for me. And I love being able to have everything in one spot where if I need, you know, a highlighter or a pair of scissors or, or whatever it might be, everything's right there at my desk in my office. And as far as um, 
like the prenatal care, the actual clinical aspect of it, the, you know, I do notice that the stuff that I'm carrying with me in and out and in and out, that stuff gets a lot of wear and tear from getting shoved in and out of bags. Um, And I find that things break a lot sooner than the stuff that's in my office all the time that's sitting, you know, in my, in my exam room, let's say those things last for years because they're not getting shuffled everywhere. So my equipment tends, especially my Dopplers, the Dopplers definitely like the constant movement of them coming in and out of bags and all that kind of stuff. It really um, wears and tears on them. So, um, and then like another huge benefit of having an office space, which you probably may not have thought too much about was your exposure to the public. So when you have an office space, obviously you have a storefront and it depends on where it is. Right. But, um, I've had quite a few office spaces over the years that I've had good storefront where I've been able to put up some signage. And then I, I was very pleased to watch people post in social media, like, Oh my gosh, did you see that there was a midwife in town? I saw her office. I drove by it the other day. Has anybody else seen that? And that just, you know, of course put a big, freaking smile on my face because I was like, yeah, baby, that's me. So, (laughs) um, so office frontage office storefront, um, exposure to the public that is great for your business and great for, um, just getting people to know that you're around. So those are the big advantages of having office space. Like those are the reasons why to consider, I'm, I'm sure there's tons more. Those are my probably top five though, is, you know, saving time on traveling makes me look legitimate. I know that people are way more comfortable coming to my office than they are for me to come into their home. And then having everything at my fingertips is a huge advantage for me and the exposure to the public having that office space. Hey there. So we're going to take a little break right now, and I'm going to talk to you about what the Midwife to Midwife platform is all about. For those of you that have been listening to the podcast now for a little while, know that I started a brand called Midwife to Midwife. And what this is, is a platform that gives the opportunity for us midwives to communicate to each other, to share experiences, to um, share what we like and don't like about certain equipment to share protocols, to talk without the social media platform in our way. And I love the platform that Midwife to Midwife is on. It's called Mighty Networks. It's not owned by any social media company. And what that means is that when you post stuff, you are not going to be bombarded with ads or being monitored or controlled. So there's no censorship involved. And I wholeheartedly b- believe in real conversations on on our platform. So Midwife to Midwife is a peer-to-peer support community helping us grow and thrive in our profession. It involves so many different facets, like talking about practice protocols and policies, talking about equipment that we like and don't like and what has been useful, where to get medication, you know, that's been in our, in our, on our radar lately with trying to find medication suppliers um, and being able to communicate that with each other without having to get onto social media. 
And then just, you know, having conversations about uh, what you put in your financial agreements, where you're getting uh, social media advice from, who's good at CPA work, where, how are you filing your taxes? Who are you getting business advice from? What business entity is good for you? So all of this is being covered in the Midwife to Midwife platform. If you're interested in what this is and what I'm trying to build, you can actually join in 2023 for just $12 for the whole year. That's a dollar a month. You can join. The link is in the show notes, and I hope to see you there. now that we've talked about why you should have an office space, let's chat about where to find a good space. Um, this, I've had an array of offices over the years and I can speak to all sorts of different kind of arrangements for sure. And what I want to give you a few things to think about, and then I'll share with you my, um, real world offices, like what situations I had, um, negotiated over the past eight years. So first, I think you should look for a central location to the area that you're serving. So whether that is, if you have a very, um, you know, make it business minded when you're, when you're doing this, a lot of, um, us midwives like to have medical space because it has, it usually has the opportunity to have, ADA compliance, which is really important in some places, and having bathrooms and sinks to wash your hands, exam rooms, if you're planning to ever expand your office space or make it um, part of a birth center or anything like that, needs to have certain criteria. So um, finding an office in a business district is very helpful. It's not necessary though. You can definitely find office space in a more um, less businessy area. So there are plenty of uh, spaces where they have little pop-up shopping areas that you can rent a space out of. And you can also um, share some unconventional spaces as well. So I once had clients see me in my RV. We converted it into a space where, um, you know, we have, we, our RV is, it's fully functional. So the kitchen, the table, the couch, like it, it was like seeing someone in their home, but it was in our RV and it was nice because it wasn't inside my home. So I had people coming to me at our home, but it was in my RV. So there was a private bathroom for them to, to be in. And then all of my office supplies were set up inside the RV and there was a couch and a bed and, and a table to sit at and places for me to wash my hands and for clients to wash their hands and whatnot. So it was a really good um, place to have visits actually. And um, I might actually consider that again sometime soon. So look for a space that's central to the location that you're serving. To me was really important. That way I wasn't kind of out of reach for a lot of people. Of course, there's going to be outliers and that's normal. It doesn't matter what's going, where you put your office. You're going to have people that are going to have to travel a lot further than others. But being more in a central location, somewhere where they're going to maybe frequent near um, very busy shopping areas where they're going to go anyway, right? So if they're 
it's very familiar to them. Um, look at spaces that might be interested in sharing either a room or an office. So instead of renting out a whole complete office all to yourself, start looking for the alternative where you can rent just a room from them. Maybe um, a holistic provider or a chiropractor or a business has an extra room that they are looking to rent. Of course, you want this um, business to be compatible with midwifery. And maybe maybe you're not going to rent a space from next door to uh, a garage that does auto repair. That's probably not going to be helpful. Um, but definitely from another provider that provides holistic services, for instance, like a chiropractor or a naturopathic doctor or a massage therapist, a um, acupuncturist, a nutritionist would be amazing. Wouldn't that be amazing if you rented a space from a nutritionist, especially somebody that you admired? Um, I particularly have, I love yoga studios. So a lot of yoga studios have extra space. Um, not a lot, but I've rented from two of them in the last eight years. And they both had extra rooms that I could rent. So a massage um, therapist is someone who's great to rent from too. They typically go on out on their own and try to find office and they too don't need to um, have more than one room. They're only one person and they only need to be in one room at a time. So maybe they have some extra space as well. Chiropractors again, I've rented from two different chiropractors over the years, and that's been a great fit for me because I get the space, the office space, and then we have that reciprocating referral going on as well. Um, so that has been, that's a really good place to look. So you don't necessarily need to have your own office space. You can definitely find opportunities to rent from an already established practice. It doesn't even need to be medical. Um, you can definitely find something that is just that there's some shops that have like, maybe they, there's a shop that sells loose leaf tea or trinkets, or how about someone who sells crystals and stuff like that? You, they might have extra space in their storefront that would help their bottom line to rent out that space. I had looked very um, seriously at a space in a Whole Foods uh, market, a local Whole Foods market. There was a space right next door that they, um, it was part of their space, but they didn't have any of their merchandise over there. They were considering putting in some kind of like yoga studio or something. But then when I approached them, I said, well, I could actually do a lot with this space. And so that, you know, would it, it obviously fits our theme. We've got a Whole Foods market next door along with a juice bar. I mean, that that's an amazing fit. So um, look, like be creative. You would be surprised what's out there. And a lot of times when someone else has a business and they have extra space, they welcome the idea of renting, subletting some space to someone else because it does help out their bottom line, especially when things are a little bit tight in certain months for them. Like they have a slower month um, in revenue and your 
your rent actually helps them feel a little safe and secure in their space. So everybody, it's a win-win for everybody. So think about the um, unconventional, like the, the things that you normally wouldn't see. And you would be surprised at the connections that you can make. And then, you know, my very first office was actually a really big one that I had so many dreams about. And so the the third kind of space that you can rent is the kind where you sublet it to other people. Maybe you have an idea in your head of like, you're going to rent out this space that has a couple extra rooms and you're going to advertise or connect with professionals in your area and give them the opportunity to rent from you and have that space available to them and help them build their businesses as well. Start building those business connections. That's how I first started was with an office space like that. Um, And I totally loved it. It was a lot of fun to have that space. So I'm going to share the journey that I have had over the last eight years with all the different office spaces, because maybe just talking about a certain space that I've had and how I've utilized will spark your imagination or make you think about a spot in your community that you had never really considered before until you heard me talk about it. So when I first started out as a midwife, and before I actually started as a midwife, I was a very active doula in my community. And I rent, I knew, you know, I was studying for the NARM and I was getting ready to get, make this transformation. So I rented an office space. Um, it was probably October, November timeframe. And I tested in December. So I, funny enough, I used that space to leave my home and go study as well. I remember being in my office and studying for hours at a time to get out of the house away from the family so I could have that study time. So um, I, I rented this office before I even became a midwife, because I knew the potential. And I did want to establish myself in the community before I even got my license. And it wasn't that I was practicing, but I was offering other things, right? I was offering my doula services, and I was offering placenta encapsulation, and I was offering childbirth classes as well. And then I was also hosting um, some local groups like La Leche League. I was a La Leche League leader um, before and I was hosting the Leche League meetings as well. So there was a lot of opportunity. And then I took that space and rented out my extra rooms because I did not need that whole space to myself, of course. And it was wonderful to have like a massage therapist in my space. I actually had a, um, and I don't think he'll be listening to this, but I had a flight nurse. So, you know, the nurse that is on the medevacs. He, he was renting a space from me because he had decided to dabble in, um, like doing physicals, like he was collect doing drug testing for physicals. So if a company wanted to hire a person, they, they would contract out the drug testing portion of their employment. And so this friend of mine, this nurse friend wanted a space where he could see people you know, in an office setting and they could come in and do their drug testing. So that was interesting. I'm funny because I'm just now remembering all this stuff as I'm saying it. Um, Another really fun thing that I did at that office was that we hosted our local CSA pickup. So um, I had told the local CSA, like, hey, I have, 
maybe it was something that just happened organically. They had lost the spot that they were using in the moment. And I, I was, you know, participating in the local CSA. So I said, Hey, you're totally welcome to use my office and my parking lot as a CSA pickup. And it was so much fun having that, um, just that opportunity in the community to host something that was, that was fun like that. So those are a few things that I did in that office space. Um, when I was um, less than a year licensed, I, you know, it already had these plans to open up a birth center and I live in a small um, mountain town and that was not where the birth center was going to be. I knew it had to be closer to a, like a, a suburban area with a birthing hospital, all that good stuff. So I was already on the hunt for the birth center location. And so when I finally did find the birth center location, of course, it was not a birth center the day that I signed my lease agreement. It had a lot of work to do. But the one thing I did do was convert one of the office spaces immediately into my prenatal space and started seeing clients out of that space immediately. While we were in construction mode with the birth center, I always saw clients out of the birth center, out of out of that office space. It was very fun too in that aspect because people could come in and see the progress of the work that we were doing. And my husband and I, and quite a few people from the community um, you know, participated in that transformation. So we had, um, just a good time with that. And I, I didn't just, you know, keep that space, um, hidden from everybody or unused. So it wasn't like I was, um, pouring money into something that I wasn't using. I was literally using that, the office space for prenatals every single week. And then we were there on the weekends or my days off laying flooring, knocking down walls and performing construction. So um, if you've never listened to the way my birth center, how I bootstrapped my birth center, you should go back and listen to that podcast. I believe it's still in the very first episodes. If it's not, I will consider re-recording that. But I did record that episode um, a few years ago before I got serious about recording these weekly episodes. So um, that is a whole new story. That's a whole story about the bootstrap. So um, when I opened the birth center, it, you know, last maybe two years, it's been two years now, I think. Um, I also took on another office space right across the hall. So when I was ready to expand, I took on another office space. So that way I could expand my clinic model. And this was where I could take all of my, you know, the clinic portion, like the appointments that I was doing and the actual office setting outside of the birth center. So now I no longer have to share my birth center with my office, which has been absolutely phenomenal for those of you that are, um, you know, have a birth center and you're thinking about expanding or having a clinic in addition to the birth center, I would be more than happy to share my experience and how that has really changed our business model it for the better. And it really made a huge difference in um, not having to shut everything down when somebody was in labor or right 
you know, when they're still in postpartum recovery, I never had, I don't have any issues now with having people being seen for prenatal visits while there's a birth going on because they're two separate spaces, which I really enjoy. All right. So, um, because, so I opened the birth center and then I had a lot of clients in this rural community that was about 80 miles North of me. And I felt like, um, it was a good opportunity to also open another office space because of the reasons we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, because of the traveling back and forth to houses. Of course I could make everybody come to me, but I had enough clients in that community that it warranted me going to them. And of course it made, you know, honestly, you could have two clients in a small community because they're willing to travel to you. But if you're willing to travel out to that community, you will see the clientele explode because when you're willing to drive the distance and go see them, it makes it way more accessible, right? And so how do I make that uh, situation better for me and business savvy? And that was by renting a small office space in that community that, you know, I'm not going up there uh, Tuesday and Thursday. It's more like, okay, I'm actually there two days a month. I schedule all my appointments for two days a month. And I tell my clients, if you're not available on those two days that I am in the community, then you have to come down to my my birth center to see me. And so that, you know, it makes it a little more enticing for them to make themselves available on those days that I'm there. Um, but that was probably my third space that I had rented was from a yoga studio in this small community. They had the yoga studio and then they also had additional offices connected to that studio, which was absolutely fabulous for me because again, I had, um, it was my own office space. It, I was not sharing it with anybody. So I could leave all my my furniture equipment set up the way I liked it. And then I also, what became, what was funny is it became super useful in instances you wouldn't think. Um, let's say I was up doing a home birth and it was a a prodromal multip that of course you didn't want to drive 80 miles away from. So my office quickly became a second home for me to take a nap and to take care of myself. So that way I was not, you know, watching the boiling pot per se. So I could leave the home, not be in the mother's space when it was completely unnecessary for me to be there Um, but not also drive all the way home or rent a hotel room. So that space became another spot for me to take a nap or to do like just sit and do paperwork, even if that was what I was going to do that day. Um, And then of course it became also another means of reaching out to the community as I was able to use it for social media post and other community events that I, I, reached out to the community right there and asked if any of the childbirth educators wanted to teach out of the office and somebody took me up on it. So that was amazing to have that connection as well. So that was number three. And then um, I quickly decided uh, to have another, well, I had already closed my office space close to my home because after opening the birth center, after about a, once the birth center was clearly roaring and, and going. Of course, you always have um, the initial 
stage fright of having all these overhead expenses. So um, we decided that it was time to let that smaller office go that was in, you know, our hometown community and just focus on building up the birth center. So that's what I did. And I probably went about two years without having a local office. And I, I'll tell you the difference between having an office space in my community and not having an office space in my community is the difference between having clients and not having clients. I, it is definitely a game changer when you have an office space. So I did um, open up another office space because I was getting busy with some local clients again. And this time I chose to open a space with a chiropractor and it was a chiropractor that had, um, we had had interactions with in the birth center. So she had rented a space above me on another floor and then she had decided to open a practice up in this area and offered a room to me. So I quickly jumped on it and that became very fruitful for about a year until I was not, um, I was expanding the birth center again. So I really wanted to turn my focus to that again. Um, so there, you, you can see building a business like this has a lot of ebb and flow and there's no, you know, you don't have to, because you jump around a lot doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Um, growth always looks like this. It, it's not so linear. It is very, very much ping pong and all over the place. I do know that for sure. And I think anybody who's had real growth in their business can tell you the same thing, that it is not very linear. So um, I had rented from the chiropractor for about a year. And at some point, we were really expanding on our Medicaid services, like our Medi-Cal services. So I really wanted to hone in and focus on that and decided to let this local office go again. And um, that went about as good as, like I said, I did noticeably, noticeably see my clientele drop in my hometown when I did not have an office space in town. Um, I did, again, maybe I took like a year break from having an office here in my local area and then picked up another one. So a, a local yoga studio had opened. There's never been a yoga, like a full on yoga studio here. And she opened up and I went and took a yoga class and I don't remember if I was actually looking for a spot or she was advertising a spot, but I did have some conversations with her, the business owner that is, and saw that she had a, a space. And I said, you know, would you be interested in renting that to me? We worked out a price and it was, I've been there ever since. So that has also, because there's not yoga classes going on 24 seven, I have worked my my magic around their schedule essentially for a very cheap price. So we'll talk about my tips on that here in a minute, but um, that has been a huge, um, I, I would say it, it's been really advantageous to me, even though my community, it could take me 20 minutes to get from one side of my community to the other. We're, we're, we're a rural mountain town with all kinds of spread apart, little like micro, um, you know, community. So it, it takes like 20 minutes to get from one side to the other. And you could eat up a whole day doing four appointments, like the whole stinking day. So I really loved having that community space again, back into my community where I can have everybody come to me, the central location where everybody comes to me. And then it's also another business that I can support because honestly, half the people who came and saw me at the 
at the yoga studio, didn't even know that there was a yoga studio here, and then started attending classes. And that was fantastic. And now we're also starting to host La Leche League meetings inside the yoga studio this month as well. So that has become a business advantage for everybody, right? Um, And then I, again, I'm seeking out another, I'm seeking out another opportunity to rent from another chiropractor in a rural community again, because it does ebb and flow. I, I sometimes only get one or two um, clients in a rural community and I don't really have um, the incentive to rent a space or to have that on my radar. But recently a lot of dynamics have changed in our midwifery community. Um, A midwife moved away and another midwife had a baby. So the clientele has all been kind of, you know, flocking in my direction. So now I have really picked up um, a lot of business from this one rural community in, in the matter of two months. So I decided again to go ahead and seek out another office. So as I put this podcast out, you, I will probably already be established in this rural community again with another office space. And again, it's not, I'm going to talk to you about the different ways that I have rented these spaces, how I've saved myself some money, because none of this, if you listen, I've had so many different types of offices over the years and some of them costed me a little bit more than I wanted to pay. But after really getting an idea of what I actually need and how much time I'm going to spend in them, um, I've learned exactly how what what exactly I'm looking for and how much I'm willing to pay for that and how that really serves me and my business. Okay, so down to the last part, and that is the tips that I would love to share with you that I have learned over the years of renting office spaces. Um, One, I would say have a schedule. So if you are looking, if you are looking to save a lot of money, let's say you're a small practice, you're seeing maybe five, six clients in a day setting, you have maybe five to eight clients a month, and maybe even less, maybe you have three to five clients a month on your birth schedule and you just want to do the office setting because you want to save time from driving from location to location. I would say, say like have a schedule, make sure that you have a day of the week or even two days a week that you consistently use that office space. This will save you a lot of money when you're looking for a spot, because what you can do is you can find other practitioners that only work in their office a certain days a week as well. So if you find a chiropractor who only does Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you can possibly rent the space on Tuesday and Thursday from them. So that way they are utilizing, like they're not having to share the space with you, but then they're also being able to cover some of their overhead by sharing the space when they're not in the office. This is so I mean, this is a no-brainer. This this is advantageous for everybody. So that way you're definitely not in each other's way when you're in the space, if that's a thing. And then you, you know, anytime that we have an office space that's sitting empty 
for someone who really has a business mind, we're thinking about all the money that we're losing, honestly. So having an office space that's being utilized at least five days a week is ideal, if not all seven. And it, that goes for if, if it's ideal for you, if you find a business location that it, that their business is open Saturdays and Sundays because they don't do business like their office space would be available to you Saturday and Sunday because they do not perform business services on the weekends. That might be a good spot for you too. Maybe you love doing appointments on the weekends because your partner is home to be home with your children on the weekends. And this is a great time for you to do visits with families. So Think of those opportunities. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. I do this all, every time that I have been looking for a space, I typically will actually put feelers out myself. So I will approach a business like a chiropractor or yoga studio and say, hey, I'm looking for a space that I can rent. Is this something that you know might be available in your space? I only need an X, Y, and Z. I you know, just don't need a whole lot because I'm only going to need it for maybe you know, five to 10 hours a week. And they're either going to be open to it or not, right? You have nothing to lose by asking. And if anything, it's a good conversation starter so that you can start a relationship with that practitioner or that business. So make sure that um, that you have privacy for your clients. So whatever the situation might be, the one thing that I always kept in um, in the front of my mind, like when I was looking for opportunities was making sure that my clients always had, um, privacy that if there was other businesses being conducted on the premise that my clients had an opportunity to either come in a different entrance or that I did not do business on the same days as those businesses. Because of course, like we sometimes deal with very sensitive situations and some of our clients don't want everybody in town knowing that they're pregnant. Or what if you're dealing with a situation in a miscarriage or a loss? So just be mindful of what type of exposure your clients might have coming in and out of a, another business. So if you're in a chiropractor's office, another practitioner's office, hopefully they have um, a, a way to separate it. You can't help when you're like in a, a medical setting and there's a waiting area. That's, you know, honestly, um, I find that that's okay because if you have a, like a central waiting area, then nobody really knows why each other's there. So um, just be mindful of it, like especially if you're kind of tied in with a retail location that you don't want to have, um, you don't want to be seeing clients while people are shopping for X, Y, whatever the retail product is, right? So be mindful of that kind of stuff. Um, don't sign long-term agreements. You know, when we're talking about, in, unless you're doing, you know, a full-on office setting, like some of the ones that I had done in the past where I had to sign at least a year long contract, that's different. But when I have rented from other, like when I'm subletted from people, I have always done month to month or like a very short term being six months. I, when I did sign with one of the contract, one of the chiropractors, I did do a year, but I, I knew her and I knew that I was going to be there and it was quite all right. I, I was very comfortable with that contract agreement. But when 
because if you listen to, we talked about my non-linear growth and how things jump around, I liked the idea of being able to pull chalks anytime that I needed to when it was no longer serving me to have that expense or that office space. Because again, it it does ebb and flow. Our Our clientele is incredibly <laughs> fluid, right? And so I've definitely lived and learned in that experience. And I've been very grateful for having those opportunities where I could say, you know what, I don't really have anybody on my calendar for the next six months. And I haven't really seen anybody in the last two months in this office. Just Is it really serving me right now? Do I really need to have this expense? And sometimes I've held on to spaces a little bit longer than I needed to. But that is, again, it's something that you learn. And you definitely start to realize like what's important to you and what's not important to you. So having those um, opportunities to be able to pick up and leave and not having long-term contracts really frees you up to ebb and flow where you need to make it happen. And then um, one tip I find useful is make sure that you have access to everything inside there. So if you're going to rent from another provider, another office, another, um, established business, make sure you have access to like their internet service so that you're not bringing in another internet service provider just for the, you know, three hours a week that you're in that office. Whether that means that you negotiate an extra fee for that, fine, do it because it's going to, it's going to be way at more advantageous to you to do that. I, nobody usually has a problem with you accessing their internet um, service while you're in the office space. And like I said, if, if it becomes, if somebody's really worried about that, they might not be the person that you want to be renting from because they might be um, a real stick in the mud. So just something to think about. I I've always had opportunities where I've been able to use the, um, the office person, the person who I'm renting from, their internet service and their trash service, obviously like all the services that they have available to them, I've been able to tag along on as well. And that saves you a ton of money. So you don't have to set up all those services and um, makes a big difference on your bottom line. So let's talk about money. I love the idea of negotiating basically like a daily rate. And then I just stick to it. I, If you want to be able to come and go whenever you feel like and you want your own space, then that's what you're looking for and that's what you're paying for. So you can probably look, um, definitely look for a space that you have access to either your own bathroom or a community bathroom, one that your clients can, you know, go to the bathroom. Like you don't want to have an office space that doesn't have access to a community bathroom or a private bathroom. So make that a priority. And then having access to, um, like I said, to some kind of lobby is sometimes ideal too. That way, when you have clients coming and going, you also have a seating area for people to wait for you until you're done with the client that you're sitting with. So, um, but I've definitely made just having a single room 
very usable. In in fact, in the yoga studio, I do not have a lobby, but I have the whole yoga studio at my disposal while I'm in the yoga studio because they're not having classes while I'm seeing clients. So I set up chairs in the yoga studio. And if people need to come in and sit down and wait for me to finish up with what I'm doing, they can they can easily do that. And then there is a bathroom inside the yoga studio that they can access that's not inside of my particular office space. So it is a very um, usable space. And I negotiated that under $200 a month, pretty much any space that I have negotiated in the last four years, I have negotiated under the $200 mark per a month. So that way it is not a huge burden on me. Um, I personally feel like that is a that's a wash for me. I would spend way more money on gas driving around town to go see people from house to house in a month's time. So I typically only see clients in my smaller office spaces, um, you know, in what we would call a satellite location, typically only once a week, if, if not even less. So I, like I said, I was going to go ahead and um, establish myself in another rural community north of here and I'm only going to do it two times a month. And so that's probably 10 hours a month. So you really got to put that into perspective of what you're willing to pay for that. But again, it's 80 miles away. So that's 160 miles. When I go up there, I typically see anywhere between five and seven people in a day. And that takes me all day to do. So I'm shaving half of my day travel off where something might have taken me seven to eight hours to do, I can now do in three to see all those clients. And then I get some of my time back, which is, it's a big deal. Hopefully um, you understand that because that right now, time means everything to me. So there you have it. There's all of my, um, I guess my advice of why you should rent an office, where to find some good space, the my journey as well as some tips that I have for you in in finding the perfect spot. So definitely don't be afraid to um negotiate on prices and tell people like, well, I'm only going to be here for one day a week. So I you know, make sure that they understand the advantage of having you there as well. You know, the exchange of, um, you know, when I, when I'm in a chiropractor's office, of course, they're going to get my chiropractic referrals. They are pretty much going to see all my clients, right? Like why, hopefully it's somebody that you would like to refer to, but of course, having a chiropractor in your office space that you're sharing with is is a total win for a midwife because we love to refer clients to chiropractors and having one right there at your fingertips is going to be amazing. So it's totally advantageous to the chiropractor to pick up that extra clientele. Um, I love that chiropractors see my clients during prenatal periods because they typically continue their care after the pregnancy with their newborn and their family. And it goes on and they continue that relationship with them as well. So make yourself, uh, make yourself valuable when you're speaking to potential people to rent from. Okay. Don't be afraid to negotiate the price that fits your need. Maybe think about what would fit your budget before you go looking for a spot and have a number in your head. Because a lot of people who have businesses that are potentially 
open to renting their spaces out probably don't really know what they would want to charge somebody, honestly. So be the person that has the the assertiveness to say, well, this is what I can pay right now. And I bet you about eight times out of 10, the person's like, yeah, that sounds great. I will, that sounds wonderful to me. Okay. Um, So you'd be surprised what you can start negotiating in your business. I hope this was helpful for you guys. Um, I appreciate you listening. And of course, as always, if you have any suggestions for future podcast subjects, leave a comment for me on one of our social media outlets like Facebook or Instagram. And I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Okay, real quick before you go, I'm going to quickly plug my new course called the Midwife's Assistant Certification. And this just opened up January 1st, 2023. And it is developed to help um, basically boost our career field, help backfill the workforce for us midwives with people who are qualified to assist uh, in the office clinical and birth assisting settings. So this certification consists of six modules um, from office skills, clinical basics, labor, birth, um, immediate newborn care, and postpartum care. And then I put in a bonus module for those that are looking to develop some business skills and market themselves. So this came out of a need for myself. I live in a space where there are no other midwives. I currently do not have a birth assist and have to train my birth assistants. Um, A lot of the midwives in the area have moved out and they weren't even really particularly in the area. There's actually no midwife living in um, about a 40 mile radius of where my birth center is. So um, finding another assist has been challenging for the last couple of years. So the midwife assistant certification was born and I have realized that this is not only my challenge, but many midwife practice challenges. And I really do believe that for our um, profession to flourish, we're going to have to start developing more roles, maybe um, uh, just different careers to kind of flourish out of this because us midwives, we, we've really got to stop doing it all. We really do. Um, I personally cannot have, I, I have a really hard time assisting other midwives because I'm too busy with my own practice. And for me to find another midwife to assist me, it's very hard as well, because again, there's nobody geographically located near me. So it's been extremely difficult to get somebody to travel in and make that commitment. It's always a crapshoot for me. So I decided we need to start getting some people certified and trained, not just um, a doula that I really love and enjoy having at birth, but somebody who's actually trained to give medications, to do NRP, CPR, who knows how to help me in my office setting, to do vitals, to draw blood, to fill out those lab orders and ultrasound orders for me, and just to really be my right-hand person, right? 
So that's where this was born out of. If this is something that um, resonates with you, if this sounds like something that you need in your practice, I did put the link in the show notes and you can watch an informational video right away to see what this training is all about. This training meets all of the California requirements for the midwife assistant that is outlined in the California California Business Code, basically what the medical board has set forth for the midwife assistant role. So if you're interested, again, you can click on the link, look at the informational video, you can register there. You can also register for a webinar that I, if, if this is much later, if you're listening to this after January, I'm, I don't know when the webinars are going to be, but you can always email at me at midwife to midwife at gmail.com. And I'm more than happy to provide you with a link with webinar registration or even schedule a course consultation. And we can have a person like an on-phone conversation about what this course looks like and if it's a good fit for you. So thanks a lot. That concludes today's episode. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to follow us on social media, that's midwife to midwife on Facebook and Instagram. You can also email me at midwife to midwife at gmail.com. And thank you so much again for listening. I hope to see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.